Welcome to the Broadcasters Roundtable. What would Bernie Perron say? It's a beautiful thing. Winning makes everything better. The sun's warmer. Uh, I'm taller. Everything is good. Let's not go that far. Flyers have done a lot of winning lately, and it makes these uh, a whole lot more fun to do with our latest Broadcasters Roundtable. Tim Saunders with Jim Jackson, Chris Terrian, Steve Coates, and Bill Meltzer. Guys, the trading deadline has come and gone, so let's start there. Chuck Fletcher uh, had to decide how aggressive to get. You can get way too aggressive sometimes at these deadlines, but he filled a couple of needs in depth, got two veteran centers, and didn't lose anybody off his roster. That's a pretty good jo job well done. Yeah, I mean, the team's playing really well, right? So you don't want to break too much up. They did obviously send Joel Farabee down and, and uh, Connor Bunneman. But uh, the bottom line is when you're playing really well, you have a young nucleus, you, you don't want to mess that up. But he did want to add some depth to the team, and he did that with very little cost, uh, mid-range picks and you know a prospect who probably wasn't going to play with a big club. So you're looking at a, a job well done. I, I love the analysis you know, not nationally, everywhere. This team did great. That team did great. And if you go back in years past and you see which teams made the most moves at the trade deadline, they rarely are successful because you, you change the chemistry of your team, and that's a crapshoot. Uh, well, it'd be very interesting to see what happens in Carolina. They made a lot of changes on an already good team. Now, they had some injuries. They had to make the changes on D, but the, the Trocek trade, it'd be interesting to see if that's really good for them or not. Whereas the Flyers, same nucleus going forward. I don't think they'll miss a beat and I think it's a job well done. Bundy, you add a couple of veterans. I mean, that's always going to be beneficial and there's no real danger of upsetting the apple cart. That's And that's exactly right. And I go back to my playing days um, where you know Bob Clark always tried to do the right thing to try to make the team better. And I remember one year there's nothing against the player. We picked up Adam Oates at the deadline, right? We gave him three first rounders going the other way. Now, to the players in that locker room, we're like, wow, now we really got a great chance. We got one of the best passers, playmakers, power play guys in the league. And he came in here, and it didn't work out. It wasn't Adam Oates' fault. It wasn't anybody on the team's fault. It's just that the chemistry just didn't mix on time. I like when you add a couple depth guys uh, with size at the deadline, especially a guy like Grant who can play probably from your second up to your fourth line in an emergency at the second line, but certainly a great depth player who would be better than he was in his first game, the travel killed him. And then Thompson, to me, is never going to hurt. So you're right, Jimmy, saying the nucleus part. But I don't like making a big splash. And when you just mentioned Carolina, I think that's too much of a splash for a team to try to integrate those guys into a new system quickly because they become focal point guys. And I just think that's too hard. I love what Chuck did with the depth guys Especially here. this year. The race is so tight. You lose two or three in a row, and you're, you're in deep, deep trouble. Yeah, real real fast on Carolina before uh, you know talk about the Flyers' two acquisitions. It surprised me they didn't go get a goalie. To, to me, it was like you have a, a crack in the foundation of your house and you fix your kitchen instead. You got a yeah. problem with David Ayers? You got a problem with David Ayers? <laughs> David Ayers is the, the best Zamboni driver ever to win a game in the, the, the NHL. most famous Zamboni driver, that's, <laughs> that's for sure. sure. Um, what about the crack in your wife with the kitchen and all that? What was that? I think I did that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but go ahead. Um, uh, Scott Lawton used the uh, the term playoff bodies for the, for the, uh, you know, the two guys the Flyers brought in to – Two big centermen, play a physical game, you know, play with a lot of grit, can kill penalties, win a lot of faceoffs, um, You know, and, and those, are, those are the kind of players that, that might have more impact in a playoff series than you might see even down here down the, you know, down the stretch. Um, you know, the Flyers are already a good PK team. Um, we saw last night all the Flyers only had two penalties to kill in that game. But Giroud didn't have to get out on the, on the penalty kill. 
last night. Um, they were able to use Thompson. The, and while well, Grant was in the penalty box for the second one, but he played about half the uh, the first PK as well. I mean, that's something that you know saves a guy like Giroux, you know, for for the to be able to you know log big minutes later in games when you need them. And the other part of it too is. You know, the Flyers were already the best face-off team in the NHL. Well, they added two more really good face-off guys to that mix, too. You know, you go talk about grit. That's what you're talking about. That's in the playoffs and getting to the playoffs right now. You need the grit, and these two guys bring it. It's interesting that you talk about the Carolina Hurricanes not picking up a goalie. Last night, their first game after the trade deadline, they played and got beat at home by Dallas. They had 41 shots to Dallas's 16, and they lost 4-1. to one. That tells you they needed a goalie. But when you take a look at this team, and there isn't anybody, the players know as much as anybody what they need. So they went to Chuck, and they said, hey, listen, we'd like to get a little help in certain areas. Farabee and Bonneman go down. It's going to be a help for them. They're going to be here sooner or later. They're going to be good players. And now you fill in with a couple of guys that makes everybody in that locker room feel a little bit better. And, and you did it without a whole lot of room financially. You didn't have much cap space to begin with. Oh. And he also did it without blocking Nolan Patrick because they're still no. hopeful that that's a possibility. It was win-win. It was win-win right across the board. Nothing was disrupted, and everybody's a little bit happier. And you're going to see this kid, Thompson. I, I just think that he's a, as good a, a fourth-line center in the National Hockey League. I mean, he does everything. He'll drop the gloves. He'll take the body. And I think as he embraces what's around him right now, he'll only get better. I don't think there's any question. I don't think any of us think otherwise. Joel Farabee's going to be part of this, and probably sooner than later. I talked to him at the carnival a couple of weeks ago or last week, um, and he said even though he only played four games in the American League at the start of the season, he thought those four games were huge for his development. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt that that'll help him just from a confidence standpoint. I thought the last couple of games before he was sent down, he was start, starting to look like he might need a break, maybe a scratch, whatever. Instead, you're going out and play some games, get confidence. He's going to play in the power play down there. He's going to play top line minutes, uh, similar to Frost. And I think we'll see Frost again, too. I mean, uh, depending on how long the, the playoff run is, uh, you know, it's, we're assuming they make the playoffs. They obviously still have work to do there. But still work to do there. But, I mean, if this team goes on a run, you need a lot of players. It's a more of attrition. Bundy, you know that players drop left and right in the playoffs. And uh, they're going to need depth uh, on D. They're going to need depth up front. And those guys are going to be there. And that, then there's certain teams they may play in the playoffs where A.V. may decide, you know, Farabee's better in there than a Grant or one of these other guys. You just know it's, it's giving him options. It's giving him depth. So it's a good thing. But I think Joel Farabee will come back uh, – uh, with more confidence, and I think Frost will come back with more confidence, Bunham and all those young guys. As long as Farabee's okay with it mentally right now, it's tough when you're on a team all year and then you get sent down later in the year past the deadline. So as long as he's able to understand that, and I think he should be able to, I think it's good. I always think now a younger guy, if you have the liberty, I put him in the minors for half a year no matter what. Just It's half a year so quick now. And I just think that that is such valuable time. So hopefully he – you're right, though. I think he's had a good year here. But the last couple of games where he, there was a slide, he looked out of place on the ice. And I think that when you're right, it's either a scratch or a send down. And I'm sure that the one thing that was absolutely certain is that the coach, I think, wanted to get some veteran guys in here. Um, he clearly, I think that him and the GM spoke together. And it's interesting because at the end of the night, right, the, the, the final puzzle piece was shown in the game against uh, the, last, the, the last game the Flyers played uh, post-deadline. Um, you see – uh, Obey Kubel still here. He's here for a reason. They, they like him here. They wanted him in the lineup still. So those changes happen, and I really think that that was a lot with Av uh, and Chuck working together. And I think that was a what the puzzle piece 
without Nolan Patrick, knowing what happens moving forward, that would probably look like your four lines, I think. Bunneman and Farabee hit, hit a wall. There was no two ways about it. Farabee a little bit better than Bunneman. But if you go back to, the, you know, just in young kids, I mean, when we look at a guy like Farabee, had one year in college. He won the, the rookie of the year in his freshman year, but he's still a kid. And to be able to be successful, there's a pressure here in this franchise right now to make the playoffs and to be something they haven't been over the last few years. And you're not going to do it with kids at this point in time. You've got to bring people in that have been around to understand to get to the promised land. And I think it was just a perfect thing. And Bunneman, as I said, and Farabee will be better players for this. Well, depth means you're able to win games when your top scorers don't have to do all the heavy lifting. And that last game, the first game after the deadline, the win over San Jose, was a good example of that. It was kind of two different games. A little helter-skelter in the first half of that game, but... The top line was uh, scoreless and a minus four combined, and it was the other guys. Obviously, the second line was the difference in that game, and they held San Jose to three shots in the last 28 minutes of that game. Yeah, and, and one common thread that kind of runs through this team is they've been a really, really good third-period team, um, good at cl- closing teams out. Even the one, you know, the one game the Flyers didn't close out against the Islanders, you could almost excuse just because that, the, the Flyers were playing for something like the sixth time in, you know, nine nights or something, the Islanders were a well-rested team. You know, that's going to happen from time to time. But in general, you get to that third period, and you feel like you win that period, you're going to win the game, or the Flyers are already ahead, you know, protect the lead. They're really good at closing games. out. when you talked about depth, the ability to roll four lines and three deep pairs means that they're fresher in the third period than a lot of opponents, and you see them wear teams down quite often. You know, another thing, too, guys, when just watching this team and just lending to your point, Bill, this team, I always – you can gauge a good team when you're winning games that you're not playing super great in at points. Like last – the San Jose game is a great example. They had the one nothing lead, right, the, off the power play. They didn't have a great first period, but they're still finding ways when they're not, and then they're getting better as the game goes on. So that's a sign to me that this could be potentially, if they stay on this trajectory, a real dangerous team inside the last 20 games. If you can get these two guys integrated quick, it, you know, that – it's, it's hard to win in this league, and they're winning right now pretty easily playing well, but also do, holding their head above water when they're not during the game. Jimmy, this brings me to the next question, is what is the biggest difference in this team right now? Because this has a whole different feel right now, I think, than in the last few years. Some of that is just a team maturing, but the ability to lock a game down defensively, like the second half of that San Jose game, I mean, that seems to be a stark difference from recent years, and I think that's mostly A.V., isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say, A.V., the coaching staff. This this team is structured. Uh, I also love the way he changes within a game. He seems to recognize when a guy is going. We talked about this in earlier roundtables. I mean, uh, he, he won't get much publicity for the coach of the year, but uh, he, he's really impressed me. I, I, think, I think that is the single biggest difference. I mean, we're talking about the new players, I mean, certainly Hayes and Pitlick and Niskanen, who's been tremendous, and Braun's really come on. They've been great, too. But really, when it comes down to it, this team, I, I think, uh, when you see a team get better as a game goes along, it's a sign that the coach really has a good idea of what he's doing. Now, I wish they could be a little bit better in the first period. Uh, they really have not been. There's been a lot of games, in case, including the San Jose game, where the, the scoreboard didn't really show how 
poorly they were in the first period. Sometimes it's been good goaltending, bailing them out. Sometimes just good fortune. But they have not been a good first period team. They have been a spectacular third period team, a decent second period team. They're, they're fine in overtime. They get better as the game goes along. I'd rather have it that way than the other way around come playoff time. The season is a 82-game uh, schedule to prepare your team for what happens after the season. That's the playoffs. And it's an education on a day-to-day basis. And with the coaching staff, what they've done here is they've created a uh, everybody's bought-in atmosphere. And we talk about it all the time, and, and, and we talk about the fact that it starts in the defensive zone. If you get five guys, not just a two defensemen. I say, well, your defense did this, defense did that. It takes five guys to play defense. And it, it's actually not even in the defensive zone. It's everywhere to be able to be understanding of what's going on around you and away from the puck. And he has done a heck of a job with this group, and they bought in. On top of that, accountability. I think that even the big guys, the big guys are starting to play right now. That couturier Giroux forecheck line has been outstanding. They've been really taking charge. So the culture now is and everybody's on board and everybody's following in line. And as a group, they are successful because of that thought process. Billy, I like the fact that there's a lot less panic, apparently, or seemingly in this yeah. team. And again, I go to A.V. He's able to help this club navigate that uh, without hitting those pitfalls uh, certainly I mean that, that's a big part of having that experienced coaching staff and, and Vino's done a tremendous job also having veterans on the bench and in the room who can help calm things down Niskanen is is huge in that um, you know you have a guy a guy in Hayes who just helps keep things loose around the room so the team isn't you know too tight too wound up all the time um, you know, a, a guy like Braun has been fantastic. And I, that, that's even beyond what they do in terms of help, helping balancing pairs and lines so that you have guys playing where they ought to be playing. But I, I think just their, just their presence and their experience being in winning environments, that to me has been a noticeable difference in the uh, personality of the team. So I, this might be getting ahead of ourselves, but the question that always comes up is, what was the turning point in a successful season? Was there a defining moment in this teams years so far to me i think it might be how they came back from that horrible post uh, post christmas road trip they had a 12 game segment there where eight of the 12 games were against top five teams in the league they go six one and one against those top five teams yeah you you may those there's a lot of those little storylines to me in terms of those and beating good teams where you're saying boy this could be really a rough stretch here if we don't you know get our stuff together and they they've come through those forecasted uh, projections really well, I think, at almost every corner. I mean, you lost that Tampa game after the good Florida game, but, I mean, for the most part, they've been rolling along. Um, a good defining moment. That's a really interesting one for me. I, I, You just look at the entire team in terms of – you're right, the post-Christmas, but I don't know if there's one single moment that I could think of that's done it. I just think they've gotten better, and it's almost like you didn't notice it happen almost. But they're a confident team right now. You could just tell the way they are on the ice, the way they're playing. But I, one moment, getting through the tough games, I think, was key against those good teams. And the other difference this year, too, guys, if you look at their records this year against Carolina and Columbus, those are the reasons where the Flyers are flipped the script this year. They've And Washington, right, you've won all those Metro games those are the points you weren't getting last year, and quite frankly, the difference in what's this season. I don't believe they had a regulation win against those teams last year. They don't have a regulation loss against the. Michigan. I know they were 0-4 against Carolina. Team. If right, I had Jimmy? to say one game, it would be the game they came back from that 
trip. They had lost in overtime or shootout to Carolina. Washington. Back-to-back, Washington at home, and they, they won that game. I mean, that showed me a lot because that was a tough trip. It's a back-to-back. Washington's sitting there, and, and Washington was playing well at that point. They've, they've slipped a little since. In fact, since that game, they've slipped. Um, and I, I thought if, if there was one game, it's hard to say there's one game, but that really, I mean, you think about it, it was a pretty, we were on that plane coming back, and it was like, wow, what, what's going on here? They can't win. And all of a sudden, you beat Washington, and it was a deep sigh of relief kind of, hey, we're okay. We're okay. Then they had that tough stretch, and they navigated it well. Big win in St. Louis. So uh, they've, they've shown they can play with the big boys. There's no question about that. couple of slip-ups against the lesser lights, but their overall record against teams out of the playoffs isn't all that bad. It's not like they've been consistently losing to the bad teams. Occasionally a hiccup here in the Montreal game, and there was one other one at home, New Jersey. But I, I really do think that Washington home game was, was a big one. The last time we recorded one of these, Billy, uh, we were all talking about the difference between home and road, and they seem to have solved that a little bit. Uh, Flyers have won, what, seven of the last at home. They've been good at home all year, but five, two and two, I think, in the last nine road games. Yeah, and that's that's obviously been a big reason getting uh, – and big wins in there too, right, going into Columbus and sweeping the back-to-back and – you know, that was uh, a game where they really had to hang in there and, and you know, finally win that one in, in overtime playing, you know. A, when the Flyers have had to, uh, you know, a, a big part of the reason for the struggles on the road earlier in the season was games that get out of hand early. And, and that road trip, there were a bunch of games. You know, they go up three or four in the first period and just, things just kind of snowballed. You're chasing the game the rest of the night, and that's just, just that's not a way you're going to have success very often. Um you know, I, I think that uh, I think that they they've found a level there where even if things don't go well early, um, you know, and, and listen, I mean, the getting Carter Hart winning winning more frequently on the road would, would be a big thing for the team, um, you know. And then I, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they work the goaltending in the in the home and home with the Rangers. I think Carter Hart certainly against Friday, um, you know, do they do they go to Elliot who, who's been good on the road and you know needs to stay sharp do you go to him on Sunday or do you keep rolling you know with the young guy I I kind of suspect it's going to be Elliot's start on Sunday but but we'll see I would go Hart I would the whole way uh, unless he really struggles on Friday but uh, you gotta I think in the playoffs you're gonna ride one for the most part and you got you got to get Hart a not just a win on the road, but a big win, and that would be a big win in, in MSG against the team that's playing really well. But that's again dependent upon what happens Friday. I think that you've got to take it by where you're at in the race because you don't want to exhaust everybody getting there. I mean, you don't want to all of a sudden go, yeah, we made it, and then all of a sudden your goaltender that you've been just exhausting him in the twenty games. I think to go, there was four back to backs left, or four yeah. or five. I mean, Elliot's going to get some games. This but. is a a big week. I mean, it just seems like every day we say it's a big week. It's a big week where there's no easy ones where you just go, yeah, we'll take a, a day off or something like that because you got Rangers back-to-back this weekend and you've got to travel down to Washington. But playing on the road is no different than learning how to play defense. It's, a, it's an attitude. And, I mean, the good teams that Bundy played on, those guys knew how to win on the road. They knew how to win after leading. This team's really getting a lot good. I mean, really getting good at that, locking down teams. And it's just a whole – it's all part of the whole aura of a hockey club, how to play on the road. They're what? One below 500 right now. And they can clean that up because you are the one that says we're the only team right now that's not a 500 team on the road. I'm pounding this instead of I'm, I'm doing this You're instead, pointing of pounding. instead of pounding. Okay. Pointing. Okay. Good. Okay. Good. Let's get that right. Those at home, he pointed at Timmy when he said that. Yeah. But, no, but 
That's what it's all about. All right, Bundy, here's the next unanswerable question. We talked about Chuck Fletcher and what he did at the trading deadline. Let's go back further than that at the start of the year. Who was the bigger addition to this team, Kevin Hayes or Matt Niskanen? Oh, boy, that's a really tough one. Okay, so I'm always going to – I mean, I, boy, you gave me the two hardest positions, right? A big center iceman who plays in your top six or a top-pairing defenseman. That's a, that's a really tough question. Um, they've both been so valuable. I'm just going to say Niskanen by a hair because I think he just settled down everybody, uh, the defense, and then – Including Provorov, right? And Provorov's come. He's had a very good year as well. I, I think a lot of it's Matt Niskanen, but Provorov's a great player too. That's a good pair. Uh, a top defenseman like that can just kind of uh, you don't notice it, right? Unless you're really tight and close to the game around it, you just notice what happens. A regular fan goes in and they won't see the things that maybe we hockey people will see. It's just so subtle. It's such a difference, but it's that one little pass where if you don't make the six foot or eight foot pass to the right guy the puck's in your zone for another 45 seconds. So it's the stuff – a great defenseman like that is will will protect you from the things you can't see or you don't notice in a game, and that's why he's so valuable. But Kevin Hayes – Kevin Hayes, remember, guys, I think he went like 10 games without a point, and then he broke out. Am I right by saying 10 games? I think I believe it was. I don't think he's had a bad – like a bad game since the end of that, that streak where he didn't have a point. That's how valuable he's been. I mean, that game against San Jose, that line was unreal. Uh, he was just a he was a huge factor in that hockey game, and he has been big time for a month now as we approach the playoffs. It's so important that he is playing like a number two center as opposed to number three center because that's what he has to be, right, without Nolan Patrick. So, although I think the original plan was for him to be the two and maybe Nolan as the year went along might become the number two if he was playing all year. Bottom line is Kevin Hayes is playing in the last segment certainly like a number two center, so there's no problems there. But I, I go Niskanen because um, I'm all about consistency, and that guy had maybe a slight dip right before the All-Star break, but outside of that, he has been a rock guy. I was talking to Chuck Fletcher the other day. He says he's not a low-maintenance player. He's a zero-maintenance player, and, I mean, coaches and GMs love that. And I think, you know, you you guys stated all the reasons, you know, why Niskan has been a huge addition. I'm going to go with Hayes for, for one reason. You haven't had Nolan Patrick all season long. If you if you take Hayes out of the mix, you know, I don't, I don't know where this team would have been. Um, you know, I, Giroux would have maybe had to play center all year. Um, and during the stretches, he he's had to play center. You know, he's definitely been he's definitely more effective on the wing at this point. Um, Flyers prefer Scott Lawton on the wing as well. So I you know, I think just being able to go one two with Couturier and Hayes has been able to get them over some of the some of those patches of the season. And again, I don't I don't know where they would be. Without Hayes or, or Niskanen, either, I was going to say, uh, or who the, plays with Provi yeah. if they don't have Niskanen? Yeah. And how does the defense shake yeah. out? Oh, sure, they're both vital, obviously. I, I wouldn't want to try to make the decision between the hedge, two. Hedge, hedge, hedge. Here we go. No, I have. I'm, I'm going to pick one. <laughs> <laughs> don't let him throw you, Coach. He's I tell you what, I'm, I'm staying. We'll take the other side then. <laughs> I'm going to stay with this, and I might pound to get my point across. Uh, I think that the key. See the. Niskanen is going to be the guy if you're going to take a pick because he's got the trophy. He's the guy that brings into the room that he's been there. He won a Stanley Cup two years ago with Washington Capitals. So he understands what it takes to put your your team over the top. Hayes, fabulous player. He's done a great job. Minus 11. I have a pick. Well, he's not minus 11 today. What is he, minus 9? I mean, I have no idea how he got to minus 9. But might have been the 10 games that 
he didn't do very well. But I, I think they've both been spectacular. But the difference, I think, Niskanen, he doesn't say boo. All he does is perform right across the board. Block shots, hits. I mean, he does it all. And so that's the guy I'd pick. You know, it's interesting. He's talking about off ice with those two. They're complete opposites, right? But Hayes has been very important because he loosens this group up in a big way. And Niskan has been important because he settles some of the guys who are a little bit too uh, out there. I've been really impressed with the maturity of, of Travis Connect. He's maturing as we watch this year. And I think guys like Niskan and being, having those kind of guys around have helped. So they've, they've also helped off the ice Phil, in different ways. Phil Myers, too. Uh, Bundy used the word subtle plays defensively when he talked about Matt Niskan. And, and Phil Myers is starting to do that, too. He's getting, he's getting better. He's just got to get... Uh... I think with those young guys, if I were coaching them, I would tell them that less is more and then watch the video after and tell me what you think of your game, and I think they'd be surprised. I just think that anytime anybody gets themselves in trouble, from my standpoint, what I'm watching is when they just try to make plays that aren't there, especially young defensemen. Um, it's interesting, guys, as we, as we listen to this, you know, the Flyers have played so well, and I guess I have a question for you guys back to me. You do such a good job with this every month, but do the Flyers need another little skid in them before the playoffs? And is it a, it's not a requirement, but is it almost help? You don't want to keep rolling along sometimes. You always say, like, Washington's hit a skid. Columbus has hit a skid. In other words, you Carolina. don't want to peak too early. Yeah. You don't want to peak too early, but, you know, go, you know, maybe follow it a little bit. A little and reality Find your check. way back into form. To me, that's where A.V.'s influence is so right. important because he's so calm, he's so in control, he's in charge, and I think that's why there's less panic in this team. So he's going to help them navigate – the inevitable downtimes because they're not going to win every game. A skid would worry me because uh, it's so close yes. right now. Wait, wait, a I skid mean, can only be like, like two or three games, What would be the definition right? of a skid? Well, like say you, uh, you, you lose three out of four. That's what I mean with a skid, a mini skid. There's no skids like seven out of eight anymore. Yeah, you if do there's that, no well, time, if no, you you're do done. That, you're done, yeah. But I'm saying that these teams have had hiccups that the Flyers really haven't had in the last quite some time. And I always trip. think it's just going back to my playing days. I always said, you know what, I didn't, we didn't want it. It's not a requirement. It wasn't mandatory. But if it happened and you climb your way out of it, sometimes you were better off for it when the playoffs started. Bottom line, I think the maturity of this hockey club is going to help them avoid what Bundy suggests is that skid. There is, what, five weeks left. It's going to be a wild ride before the end of the season. So buckle up. I think this is going to be fun. Peel the shrimp. Peel the shrimp. is just getting started. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for that, until our next broadcaster's roundtable. Yeah, did you have something? You're supposed to say... Coatsy, nice job. You didn't pound one. That's Coatsy, right. Nice job. You Thank you very much. Pound That's very nice you. Thank right. you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> for Steve Coates, the unpounding one, Chris Terry and Bill Meltzer and Jim Jackson, I'm Tim Saunders. Until our next broadcaster's roundtable, enjoy the games. The preceding program is an original production of the Flyers Broadcast Network. You can find this and other programs available on demand at flyersbroadcastnetwork.com.